that it's a former Padawan who reunites with her old master. Sorry, just an interesting thing I just realized. But um, joining Amandala will be uh, Lee Jung-jae, of course, from Squid Game fame, fame. Manny Jacinto, uh, Daphne Keene, Jody Turner-Smith, Rebecca Henderson, Charlie Bennett, uh, Dean Charles Chapman, and Carrie Ann Moss, of course, from The Matrix. Uh, big name there. Um, so it's pretty pretty interesting cast. Mm-hmm. You guys excited at all? How are you feeling about the... I'm hoping it's Carrie Ann Moss as the Jedi Master. Oh, I'd love to okay. see that. Because yeah. she she was just announced. That was a big announcement out of all of those castings. That was the big announcement that came out. And that I would love to see her as the Jedi Master. Mm, yeah, I could I could see that. Or or the villain. The the dark the villain. I could see her in either one of those roles. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Steven, but. your thoughts? Yeah, about the same. Like, I feel like it's just a solid list of actors. Um, Carrie Ann Moss definitely stands out as probably one of the bigger names on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all seem to have, you know, done cool things. And yeah, like, I'm looking forward to it, you know, see what happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, at long last, we finally get more of the Clone Wars. It's not branded Clone Wars. It's Tales of the Jedi, but it is for all intents and purposes, cl- the Clone Wars, and gives us a, uh, a look at various key moments in the lives of both Ahsoka and Dooku. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to discuss these. Should we, should we start with maybe the, the Dooku arc? I mean, we had... I think we should. There were a couple big episodes. Tom, do you want to just give us a quick... Uh, rundown of like the 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 name, the director, yeah. writer, and the synopsis for the three Dooku episodes, and then we'll we'll discuss the Ahsoka ones next. Absolutely. So the first one of the Dooku episodes was called uh, Tales of the Jedi Justice, directed by Sal Ruiz and written written by Dave Filoni. The episode basically dealt with two Jedi's that are dispatched to resolve a hostage hostage situation on a distant planet. The second Dooku episode was called Tales of the Jedi Choices written by Charles Murray and Sal Ruiz, and I'm sorry, directed by Charles Murray and Sal Ruiz. And this was written by Charles Murray and, and Ellen, Elaine Murray. Yeah. Elon. Yeah. Sorry. Elon Murray. And this one, again, Jedi Knights investigate the mysterious death of one of their own. And then the last of the, uh, Dooku episodes was the Sith Lord directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Dave Filoni. And in this one, a Jedi master makes a troubling discovery. Mm. So you kind of see a pattern here with Dooku of he had to make a choice. And then he, what did you guys think? I mean, the the titles kind of give it away that there was justice, there was a choice and then Sith master. So what did you guys think? Let's start with justice. What did you think of that episode? You know, this this arc, which I, you know, I think I kind of see the, the two different arcs being very different. Ahsoka mm-hmm. just gave us like key moments in her life that were almost like more, you know, uh, as fans, we really appreciate that, right? It's almost almost a little bit of fan service in some ways, but that's not a problem, right? It's still really enjoyable, adds more flavor. With And we'll talk about those more. With the Dooku arc, 
I feel like they really, you know, Dave Filoni really tried to flesh out his character more and give us as viewers an understanding of why would this Jedi turn to the dark side? We know he turned to the dark side. Um, and that he was a former Jedi. We know that he even believed that Qui-Gon would have joined him. Um, but we didn't really ever understand Dooku's motivations. And these, this arc does a really good job of fleshing out his motivations and kind of how he gets to where he, he ends up. And really, the first two episodes, which... I I feel like are maybe a little too similar, but the first two episodes kind of show us how Dooku loses faith in the Republic and the institution. And then the third episode kind of cements his transformation. Um, Steven, what, what, what did you think of these? You know, it's interesting. Like I know you're technically correct. This is kind of a follow on to the clone wars, but I honestly, I found it lacking the magic of the clone wars in a lot of ways. And I think, my biggest uh, issue is actually what you just described of like these three episodes, like the Duke arc I'd say was probably the better of the two in my opinion. Um, but it's honestly a lot like watching episode two and then watching episode three, you don't get any sense of Anakin's progression. Cause he goes from, you know, moody teenager to turns on the Jedi mm-hmm. and the magic of the clone wars was getting to watch that slow, gradual erosion of his faith in the Jedi, his faith in the Republic, his corruption by Palpatine and, you know, watching him slowly turn in to Darth Vader or get closer to it where you can picture that happening. Um, These arcs, I actually felt like they didn't add a whole lot to Dooku's backstory. Like basically Dooku in episode two says, you know, like the, the, the Republic is corrupt and I can't serve it anymore. It's controlled by a Sith Lord. And especially the first two episodes literally are just Dooku running into like corrupt officials and corrupt senators and you know um it makes sense like it explains his behavior but i just i found it very one note almost like it was enjoyable mm-hmm. but it was just oh no dooku is like you know turning evil <laughs> yeah I, no, I, I, sorry tom no I, I i don't mean to interrupt but steven i i think you summed it up uh you summed it up perfectly i think what we saw were three pieces of a full story that never gave you from point, it gave you point A, point D, and point H, but it's not giving you the parts in the center Mm -hmm. that are showing you how he's actually falling. It gave you three highlights, and I would like to see more because I think for me, the bigger question with the last episode, and I'm sorry, I gotta jump there at this point, that he, he is the one that we find out got rid of the the um uh the planet why am i blanking Camino. Um, he had camino yeah. from the archives he's, he's a, right but you see here here's my problem with this he's the one that deleted camino from the archives but he used sifidius okay which now you're like i want to know more about what was the actual role of sifidius to dooku what ha, what made dooku use sifidius as this was yeah. Dooku there at the actual, you know, uh, negotiation for the clone army? Was it Typhidius's idea? I mean, the, we you're totally agree with you, Stephen. We saw three points, but we saw two points that had nothing to do with me understanding what drove him to get rid of the Camino planet and do what he did. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you guys more. I mean, this is. 
I loved seeing more of the Clone Wars, and yet, um, and I started to kind of alluded to this earlier, but the the first two episodes felt very similar. It felt like you were seeing the same. I felt like I was watching the same episode twice, but with slightly different situations, and that is totally I'm agree. sure intentional in some ways, right? Because they're trying to reinforce how Dooku is seeing these problems. But it ultimately, I think you could boil down the episodes to Dooku goes on a mission, see, finds a corrupt senator, um, and goes against the Republic in some ways to do what's what he believes is right. And, you know, it's... Uh, and the the third episode, I think, was a lot more... was by far the best episode of the arc, uh, and that was the Sith Lords. And I'd love to talk more about that but Steven starts sound like you were starting to say that. I do. I was going to say, I feel like the big difference between the first two is they try and give Dooku a different, uh, different characters to play off of. So yeah. obviously we get Qui-Gon in the Correct. first episode, um, which was really cool to see a young Qui-Gon. Finally, it, it was, but we didn't do much. I, I mostly agree. I think I just would have liked to have seen more. Yeah. Um, there's a, again, this it's the type of thing like, Seeing Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship, and actually, we'll talk. I mean, when we go to the Ahsoka arc, we'll talk about that as well. But like, mm-hmm. that was missing here. Like, I, you, it was so close because you see pieces of like, oh, Qui Gon's uh, obstinateness or stubbornness. You can very clearly see the the pieces of it in Dooku, but more refined, um, a little bit more compassionate, I think, than Dooku actually was. But you then you compare that to say, um, like what we like, it just doesn't. I, I needed more of that. I would like mm-hmm. I wish Qui Gon had been. You know, we got three episodes with Qui Gon and Dooku as apprentice and master, or you know, whatever it might have been. I think it just I, it would have gone a long way towards helping and, there. And and I, I agree with you in that respect because wasn't it in episode two, Dooku tells Obi Wan that well, Qui Gon would have followed me. Qui Gon would have agreed with what I said. But you never saw that in this episode. I basically saw it as as you mentioned the, the first two episodes, Stephen. It's like it, they they felt the same, and they just took. You know, Qui-Gon Jinn out of the first out of the second episode and replaced him with Mace. But it seemed like in both instances, those characters were meant to basically stop Dooku from going over the edge. Mm-hmm. And they do, like that right? The, they they yeah, do. And, and they do. But but it, it's it's a thing to where it's like, you know, but it was the same episode. It was two different characters. You had one that was basically like, you know, with Qui-Gon going master, master. But you had the more, you know, this is Mace Windu, more of the, you know stand down but it was still the, the the same trope in both episodes yeah exactly there i will say the other thing i uh, i wouldn't call it lazy necessarily but i they really mirrored dooku and anakin on a lot of ways um the second episode has a pretty and uh, has a pretty clear case where you know dooku is with mace windu and they're arguing you know and disagreeing on how to approach things back and forth um, and then we find out at the very end of the episode, you know, Mace Windu has been promoted to the council, but Dooku is not. Um, very reminiscent of, you know, we we are granting you a seat on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. Um, you can feel Dooku being snubbed by mm-hmm. the council, and that's maybe a thing that drives him. Um, and then the, the third episode is riddled with references between, you know, Dooku, uh, sorry, excuse me, not Dooku, uh, Sidious giving, you know, Dooku the like, do it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of moment with Yaddle. Um, the corruption of uh, just it's all very similar. It, um, there's a little bit of yeah, like it just it repeats in a lot of ways. And I again, I liked the idea. I think that Dooku was a more uh, didn't fall in the same way that Anakin did. Um, he 
fell through hubris um, and you know noble goals and corruption versus this, I don't know, I think what we saw here in some ways. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I definitely get the sense that he was. Um, it, it it is it was through. I do think it was still through like hubris and and through he he believes thing. You know, he has a better way. Whereas, you know, Anakin turns the dark side because ultimately because Palpatine preys on his um his superiority in many ways. Right? How Anakin thinks he's better than everyone else. He can control everything. Um, you know, he wants to have the power to save Padme, etc., save the ones he loved. Whereas, um, whereas Dooku is more concerned with, oh, I don't think this is right. Everyone's corrupt. Um, that said, he does use Sidious does use very similar techniques in both cases, which in some ways I like because Star Wars is often often creates parallels. I think the the challenge here. Uh, which I think kind of runs throughout all six episodes is that they're very short, right? We, and we knew they were, they were intentionally shorts. They're what, 10 to 15 minutes long ish on average. And well, yes, Star Wars television, uh, you know, modern Star Wars animation got its start with the Gendy Tartakovsky series, which was a series of, you know, animated shorts. Um, I don't feel like Star Wars does as well in short form. Uh, when it doesn't have as much time to breathe. And I have to give these art. Filoni did a phenomenal job in the whole team of letting, giving lots of establishing shots. They gave, it was lots of, it was almost like a, a tone poem. There was a lot of quiet music and establishing shots. And so they didn't rush the episodes per se. Uh, and I, so I really appreciate how they did that. But it, they also, just purely based on runtime, didn't have time to get into more detail about the episode and, and and show more of the character. I would have liked the same pacing, but just more time with the characters to really yep. get to know them. Better. Agreed. Agreed. I think that especially I'll disagree on this for the Soka arc, I think, but the, I think the biggest weakness of the Dooku arc is definitely that it just needed more time. Like it needed, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, maybe it's a, you know, uh, Four or five episodes to show the the full yeah journey that he goes through um, and establish maybe more relationships and pay off some of those relationships. As it is, I think it's yeah, like you're right. They're kind of like reading poems, and I've never been a big poem person. <laughs> like, right. It, it, I, it, I, I watched it as like okay, this is neat, and but like I enjoyed it, but it just it's lacking substance yeah it needed it needed that little bit more of explanation of what was going on and it needed a little bit more of the connecting the dots to really show him fall to the dark side when it got to the last episode i totally agree it was mirroring the you know anakin go ahead and do it you know and and also the other thing is when it came to yaddle did you have yoda speak speak one way but yaddle speak a completely different way I, they are the same species, right? It was well, so. That's, that's you bring up a good point because that initially bothered me as well. Yes, because um, Yaddle, of course, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who's directed The Mandalorian. But she um, did. I'll say she did a good job. Oh yeah, she did a very yeah. good job. And I'm actually I'm actually excited to dissect this episode more because this one is is such is by far the standout episode of the, of the six. Um, but so initially it was bothering me, right? She doesn't sound like Yoda. She doesn't talk mm-hmm. backwards or anything. 
but you know our good friend uh, of the of the show, Amy Ratcliffe, interviewed um, uh, Dave Filoni over at the Nerdist, and he they, they asked you know Dave Filoni um, mentioned that this is actually a Frank Oz thing. Uh, Frank Oz once told Dave that only Yoda speaks the way he does, apparently specifically in honor of his own master. And so, uh, and that's how Frank Oz always thought about the character. And so Dave Filoni wanted to honor that and make it so that Yoda is more special, is more unique, and is the only one who talks in a strange manner. And no other of his species does that. So not baby Yoda, if he ever talks, Grogu, not Yaddle. Um, And so they kind of gave Bryce... Dallas Howard free reign to adjust Yaddle's voice. And once I heard that, I was like, okay, I, yeah, I actually really sense. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Now it totally makes sense. And she pulled it off. I mean, she still had, you know, the, 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 let's say the wise, the, the wiseness to the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was able to mirror or they were able to mirror like her acting, uh, her, her voice acting to the character. So it all pulled off very well. But thank you for that explanation. I, I wish I would have uh, caught that. Well, I, I how could you, right? I, I don't think, yeah. unless you know that minute, tiny trivia fact, right? There's no way you would know. And so I could see a lot of people being confused. Why is she not talking the right way? Because that's how everyone associates Yoda species. So, mm-hmm. you know, but at least it made me yeah. feel better. Yeah. Now, it was kind of cool to see Jocasta New back again. <laughs> that was that was really cool because we did end up in the archives before the the whole fight thing toward the end of this episode. But to see the Jedi archives, which was already discussed that, you know, you had Dooku in there to delete the Camino stuff. I find it fascinating, though. It's like you would think, wouldn't you think Jocasta knew would have thought something was up? Just to throw it out there. I. There's a lot of that in this episode, I would say, like. Similarly, having Yaddle die on Coruscant, having followed Dooku, raises a bunch of questions for me. Like, how did, like, did she just not tell anyone where she was going? Mm-hmm. I think well, probably was... not. But yeah, you're you're right, Stephen. It, it opens up a whole bunch of interesting questions. And how the other question. Yep. Yeah, how, how did it get covered up? Because if Yoda and Ben, especially Ben, can feel basically a planet being fully destroyed, and then Yoda, Yoda get the sense of, uh, Sidious finally doing the Order 66, you would think somebody would have felt something of Yaddle in this battle. Maybe they well, did. Yaddle right? in a battle. The, the Yaddle battle. Uh, yeah, Yaddle maybe battle. they did, and you know they moved Yaddle's body somewhere to cover it up. You know, kind of like we just saw in Andor, right, where they're moving the rebel pilot to make it look like he died somewhere else. Maybe they they're, they they kind of disguise... In but die by a lightsaber? I mean, like, th- that would crash. That would be... Who knows? You know. Yeah. Um. But it, it is interesting to see because like we never know what ha- we never knew what happened to Yaddle, and so her death was it's you know it's we we saw it in the books in in the Jedi quest the Shadow Trap she died on a mission to Mawan with Obi Wan and Anakin, but we'd never seen it in canon, and so um it, it made sense, and I think it really cements Dooku's choice uh, because, well, I guess you, you started to say it earlier, but we go to the Jedi archives and we see at the very beginning Dooku deleting Kamino from the archives as Sifo-Dyas, which 
I enjoyed seeing, but we already knew it, right? It, there was nothing new there. We we already knew. We always knew du- Dooku was, you know, deleting it, deleted it as Sifo-Dyas. So that there's nothing new there. But okay, fine. It's cool to see. So we we see him deleting it, and then immediately after that, the second he leaves the vault, that's when all of a sudden, oh my gosh. The whole temple's talking. Obi Wan discovered a Sith on mm-hmm. uh, on Tatooine. Um, it felt a little bit, co- you know, the timing seems a little bit too coincidental, I guess. But it just it, it seemed like it just happened too fast at that point. I think that's the exact same problem, right? They're trying to yeah. show deleting the the Camino, and then they had to show how they wanted to set you wh- where in the timeline you are, and so they have to show. And it's interesting to see that that ripple through the Jedi Temple, like, oh my gosh, a Sith. They haven't existed in forever, right? Uh, and so it is cool to see that, but I think because of the timing, again, it just felt very convenient. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and but, but it was cool. I liked seeing how the, the Temple was skeptical, even like, oh yeah, Qui-Gon always did have an active imagination, right? They, they don't even know, should they trust Qui-Gon's discovery of a Sith? Uh, so that, that part was cool. I don't know, Stephen, do you... What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say I did like the interspersing of episode three, or sorry, episode one, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, like, I, I I thought it worked well to kind of set the place. I appreciated the discussion that uh, Dooku has with Yaddle after Qui-Gon has been killed and, his, you know, his solemn feelings about, you know, his Padawan being, or former Padawan dying and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels... A little on the convenience side and i didn't and i will say i didn't feel like any of this was the interesting part of the episode in a lot of ways like it's not the interesting part of dooku's story if we'd seen kamino that would have been really cool i think um because that we didn't know a lot about like, we kind of assumed it was dooku but what did it look like how did he do it mm-hmm. um but yeah what are you gonna do yeah that that's that that's the exact same thing i, I was thinking and, and said earlier it's like i i want to know more of that part of the story you know, if they do any more of the Tales of the Jedi, I would love to see that somehow play itself out. Because I think to me, that is still the biggest question. There, There is a clue there with Sifo-Dyas, okay? And they've teased Sifo-Dyas, Sifo-Dyas, Sifo-Dyas. I want to see it instead of always being teased. Yeah, I guess the part of the challenge here with this arc is that it kind of shows a lot that I wouldn't say is strictly necessary, right? It, it, it's things that we knew happened. It's cool to see it. And as a fan, I enjoy it, but I, it, it felt a little bit fan servicey, I guess. Um, but it, that it, it yeah, did. Yeah. But that said the duel between Yaddle and Dooku, of course Yaddle follows Dooku and, you know, they have a, a great duel. We get to see Dooku with his, you know, his, his, his curved lightsaber hilt, but with a blue blade, um, and I really appreciate how at every moment during that battle, Yaddle still gave Dooku a chance to repent. Mm-hmm. She was constantly willing to give him a second chance and, and, and try to redeem him. And yet he resisted her at every turn. Uh, and it just kind of shows how, how wise Yaddle was and how kind, like she, she did see some of the coming, darkness as well near the end you know she even uh that moment when you think she's almost 
you know, she, she starts to agree. Right. And she, she says, yeah, I agree. There's, we need to be paying more attention to what's happening, but you're also doing the wrong thing. You're running into the arms of evil. And you know, she's a, she's very wise. She's very wise and very strong because I did not expect once he, once he put her where that door frame was and that door frame came down, I thought that point the fight was over. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought that was just it. I but mean, to see as strong as she was, go ahead. I was saying it basically was over. Like I, I was also a little disappointed by that because there's a the moment of like, oh man, he just dropped a door on her. Yaddle's been beheaded. If obviously they're not going to show it, but like that's the implication. And then there's that moment where it raises back up, and you're like, oh man, it's about to get real. And then she like falls over and then dies again. And like you get a little bit of extra of like you know Dooku being forced to you know. Uh, you know, shoot the dog behind the shed kind of vibe, but like, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I wasn't yeah, as, it, as impressed with that. Yeah. I, I think at that point they they should, they should have just let well enough alone. And then you have, you know, Sidious back there going good, good. I finally turned you. And then I actually, as crazy as this is, I would have loved to have seen, his lightsaber kyber crystal actually bleed and turn red at that point. Because at that point you knew there was no way Dooku was going back. We, that's not, I, think, I, I don't, I mean, yes, it, 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 yes. But also I don't think that's how lightsaber crystal. That would have been right? fan service. I, I, part. I, I don't think I, lightsaber crystals I thought turn that was always in legend. It was. Well, I guess legend. I thought it well, was still, they had to replace the, they were a, a crystal that had been artificially forged, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I always thought it was they they basically made where did I read it? I thought it was that they basically made it once they 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 you made may be it right. I don't know. Bleed. <laughs> it's like yeah, they, they basically when a lightsaber crystal changes color to red, it's basically a Sith Lord is taking that crystal from the original color and quote unquote making it bleed red. It's almost like, you know, they they stole the crystal and made it bleed. So I I I I gotta remember at some point where I read that, but anyway. So let's talk about the Ahsoka arc. How did you guys feel? Like, oh, it's, it's sorry, a actually, before split. we before we dive in, oh, sorry, yeah. I, I, I do want to one more quick question for you. Do you guys think Sidious, uh, Dooku knows who Sidious is because he only calls him Sidious. He never and we never see his face. Do you think Dooku knows who he's really working for? Yeah, I would say yes. I would say yes, too. Interesting. OK. I don't know if he does. I'm not confident he knows who Sidious well, is yet. Okay, really? so I'm going to add... Well, well, at, at this, this point, point in time? At this point yeah. in time, yeah. Ah, uh, I still would guess yes. I would think there'd be a hint that he would know. Yeah, I'm going to go with... The, there's a hint that he knows that it's it's Palpatine. But I definitely, definitely feel when it gets to, um, when it gets to the ends of the Sith and, and you have Palpatine sitting there saying, do it, kill him. It's like, you knew at that point, Dooku knew that was Sidious right there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. By the, by the end. Yes. yes. Yeah. By the end he knew, but I, I think at this point I, he's got to have I an inkling. He, it is. I think he knew at this point as well. I, I think. Palpatine's seduction of Dooku is I'm also on the inside. I see how broken the system is where you're never going to be able to change it. 
just like I can't change it just by being, you know, a Jedi or a senator. We need to do more, you know, something along those lines is the, I think, how he does it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Interesting, interesting discussion. Well, sorry, you, you want to talk about Ahsoka, though. I, and I think it's it's worth uh, turning our attention to our our favorite uh, Padawan. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I was a little surprised they split it this way. Um, I It seems like they, it's meant to be chronological. Um, uh-huh, but the yeah. first episode, actually, Tom, why don't, sorry, before we get into it, I, Tom, why don't you tell us about the three episodes, you know, who they're written by, directed, names, and, okay. you know, all the good details. The usual, like, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the usual details. So the first episode is called Life and Death, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Dave Filoni. In the first episode we see of the Tales of the Jedi series, a child goes through a rite of passage with unexpected results. Okay, and then the next episode is called Practice Makes Perfect. This was directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Dave Filoni. And in this one, a Jedi Padawan is given a seemingly impossible exercise. And the last of the Ahsoka arc was called Resolved. This was written by Sal Ruiz and uh, directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Dave Filoni. So we know that in the first episode, we basically pick up Ahsoka Tano as a child. What did you guys think of the actual backstory with her mother and the village? And they all find out exactly who she is and basically where she starts her call. This the origin story of Ahsoka Tano. I have very strong feelings. I think this was a terrible episode to start this series off with. I like this was uh, I just was not like I, maybe this is controversial. I don't know if it is or not, because we didn't talk about this ahead of time. Um, <laughs> I just found this super boring and like not like literally I could not imagine a worse first episode for any series. There is no like there are no stakes. There is. No, like it's it's literally just like reading the first two pages of someone's biography. Like, I, okay, like, <laughs> sorry, someone else. No, can... no, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at you because I, I am not going to knock this episode. There's a part of me thinking I think because William and I actually saw this at Celebration, mm-hmm. but Steve and oh, I would have to agree. I think. This episode should not have led off the series and then jumped to the Dooku arc. It should have either been full on the Ahsoka arc or full on the Dooku arc. Breaking this one up didn't really, to me, make sense. It should have went from this episode straight into the next episode of Ahsoka and then into her third episode. I would have been more okay with this episode because like we know that Plo Koon is the one that rescues or like brings Ahsoka to the temple. Which I would like to have seen that. Yeah, like if if the story was Ahsoka and her family get in trouble and Plo Koon happens to be there and recognizes and saves her, perfect, love it, no notes, you know, continue. But what we got was just like nothing happened, like... Yeah, okay. We see like Ahsoka born. We see her family. We see some of the lessons she gets taught. We see mm-hmm. her get, you know, a, uh, attacked by like a tiger. She, but it's just none of it is interesting. Like I know Ahsoka lives. 
you just introduced me to her parents and we know her parents don't matter in any other way. Like it, there's no stakes. It's literally just watching. Like I said, it's, it's like, you know, Tom was born as a small child in California where the, the, the trees grow tall amongst the redwoods. As a boy, he enjoyed playing in the sand. It's like, okay, cool. Like you, this isn't interesting. I care about the part where Tom fights evil and destroys. I I don't know. Some Tom, what did you fight and destroy? As I, uh, Lego bricks. I don't know. Sure. I mean, he, he yeah, go with Lego bricks. Yeah. Just, sorry, I I feel like I'm ranting now, but I I've got on no. my soapbox and I, no, I, I and, and, but yeah, that's just it was a weak episode. And now that's, that you talk, that is what I'm trying to say. And and now that you you talk about it, basically was. It was a child in peril, and we found out because the child was in peril, it was able to save itself because she was Force-sensitive. And it just freaked out the villagers that the child is gone, and the parents are like, oh, my God, we got to get a search party out for her. But then the child ends up coming back on the back of a big saber-tooth alien tiger, and the shaman of the village basically tells everybody in the village, well, she's a Jedi. I mean, I think that wraps up the episode nicely, doesn't it? Yeah, I think ultimately this is, it was it was fun to see in a live, because right? we got to see this live at Celebration with a bunch of fans, and it is, it is very much something that as fans of Ahsoka Tano, people will mm-hmm. really enjoy. Right, just and, from a, I, just from a, oh, you get to see it's it's fan service, right? You get to see her birth. Right. You get she's really cute, baby. You know all this kind of stuff. You get to finally see her parents, um, and so from that standpoint, it is a, a a fascinating episode. But it is, I would say, the weakest of the six, and just because there's, it is just a, again, I I would say the probably the most accurate thing here is that this is a tone poem, right? It, it's a lot of quiet establishing shots you know flute music right very light music um beautifully animated oh my gosh like mm-hmm. the, the the animation is gorgeous uh, in many of these episodes in fact um and, and it gives you insight into her family and her culture a little bit uh is it strictly necessary though no not at all <laughs> and so Starting off on the ep- on this uh, this episode, yeah, I, I get they were trying to do it chronologically. Maybe they should have done three and three, you know, instead of one, three, two. But you know, it, it was it was enjoyable, I guess, but not mm-hmm. not my favorite, I guess. No, and, and and I agree, and I think I think the one that really. Sh- the the one for me out of all these was the episode practice makes perfect. That episode, I, it's funny because when I was talking to my son about it, he saw these before me, before I did, and he goes, "There's one episode in this that you'll just sit there and go, wow." And I kind of said, "Well, is it the one that when you watch the previews, you see Rex?" And he goes, "I ain't gonna say anything," and it ends up this is the one he was talking about. Mm. Because this one for me, th- this one, this one to me said an awful lot. And I want to hear if if you guys kind of feel the same way when it came to the relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka. So 
I'm going to pose this to William. What did you think of this episode? I enjoyed it. Um, the This episode really comes, is it's all about Anakin teaching Ahsoka how to fight. And we see her start off as a young Padawan, brand new. She's doing a, a test of the Jedi Temple. Uh, it's not not doing. It's not very. Anakin doesn't believe in the test. It's not very accurate. It's not very realistic. And so he has her basically face off against clone troopers, and they try to stun. They shoot her, and with you know their blasters set to stun until she gets knocked out, and then they try it again and again and again and again. It was. I guess it was fine. It, I, I enjoyed seeing Anakin and Ahsoka again together again. Again, kind of the fan service type of thing. Really enjoyed that. Um, of course, seeing Rex again makes my heart happy, you know. the And we see how Ahsoka over time learns to face off against the clones uh, and, and kind of hold her own in the middle of a blaster fight. So she can hold off the clones, she can hold off any droid. And it's it's nice. It's cool to see how he's training her um and how it's kind of almost i don't want to say brutal but like you know she's getting like knocked out <laughs> and then and coming you know then trying to wake up again it's definitely a hard training and, uh, and i will say there's a couple points in which i think the animation on anakin's face it was brutal yeah and, and he still kind of sat there with that i hate to say a little smirk on his face yeah yeah so but i think the the kicker is when you know, she finishes her, the last training. She, she actually does it. She manages to hold off everyone. And then they cut to order 66 and they show her and Rex getting ready to once again, hold off some clone troopers in a battle and kind of how all that training actually led to, she had to use all that knowledge once Jesse and the, and the rest of the clones attack her from an emotional standpoint. It's like, whew, oh boy, that's that's heavy. That said, um, I don't know. I, I guess it, it felt a little bit too simple, right? It's just the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, no, look, Order 66. Um, Steven, what did you think of the episode? This was... Man, I feel like I'm coming across very negative. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it was emblematic of the problem with the show. This is a really cool episode that only has weight if you were really into the Clone Wars. Yep. And uh, and I th- I think that's what Eric was getting at. Yeah. Like when it came to him. Yes. It it's a neat. Um, it's almost like watching deleted scenes for mm-hmm. like. Yes. Season. Oh my gosh. This, yes. This, yes. 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 That, this whole series is basically deleted scenes. Yeah. 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 And it's and it. My feeling is like, oh, I love deleted scenes. I love watching things that yep. were going to be put in the show or in a show or a movie, but weren't. Um, but then I, there's also a little bit of like, but I also like that it lacks payoff cause it's, they're just in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see the end of this episode and it's like, no, no, we're supposed to now watch the, like the entire sequence with the clones and the hangar yeah. that we saw in, uh, whatever I'm not season. What did they call the last episodes for clone wars? I don't remember. Uh, off the top of my head. I can't remember top of my head. I can't remember like, finals, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it was cool. I enjoyed seeing it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it. This was the most fan servicey, I think, of all of them in a lot of ways. And and and, and I, I guess now that we discuss it, I'd have to agree with you. But I guess 
for me, my biggest thing and my takeaway from this was he was teaching Ahsoka how to survive. And it's yeah. not so much to survive against droids. But the funny thing was he was teaching her how to survive against the against her own basic, basically friends, colleagues, clone troopers. I, Tom, I think the words you're looking for are child abuse. I, you know what? I, this Anakin is clearly the, a subscriber of the no, no, you teach your child to swim by throwing them in the lake and just watching. And, like, and, and you're, you're, you're right. I will say that. I will give that to you. You're right. Because, like I said, there was, a, there was, I swear, one of the little spots, a look on his face of a smirk when she just, just keeps falling. And especially when she woke up the first time, it's just like, well, you're out for an hour and then, well, you're out for five minutes. Well, you're getting better to where you're cut, you're recovering faster and faster. So it, it, it's sadistic. Okay. I just said that, but, but I, I now agree with you. It was a point to where this was fan service. And I totally agree with you, Steven. Now that you bring it up, this was the deleted clips you wanted to see from the final episodes of the clone wars that led into her and Rex facing that clone army for the last time. Yeah. But for me, it literally showed Anakin had a hand in showing it how to survive that fight. Yeah. And it's funny you know, to realize Darth Vader kind of told her how to how to stand up to the clones. You know what it really reminds me of in a lot of ways is um, the deleted scenes from episode three for the uh, the uh, the petition for the three thousand yes. or yep. Um, it's. It's basically it's like, oh, this was an arc from a movie or from a show. You know, it was only like, you know, 30 second scenes across half a dozen episodes. And then they just they just cut them for time and then knitted them all back together. Yeah, it's cool to see the side story, but it it is definitively a side story. I I love that you made that analogy, Stephen, because, you know, when you watch deleted scenes, I I love deleted scenes. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love I would always, it's kind of unfortunate we don't get deleted scenes anymore, but I would, I would always buy, uh, or not very often, but I always would, you know, buy the Blu-ray so I could watch the the latest deleted scenes and I would, first things I would watch, right, on, on the, on the Blu-ray, very excited to watch them. And yet, when you do watch them, you feel a little, it's, it feels incomplete, afterward right you enjoy it it's cool backstory but you're like okay right and like i can kind of see why they didn't they cut that um and that is exactly exactly how these felt really fun fans are gonna love them but they're deleted scenes i don't even know how to describe that feeling afterward but it, it is the exact same feeling as a deleted scene you are so true so wise <laughs> I, I will say the last episode resolve was the one that felt most like a, a short story though like it, mm-hmm. and there's an actual definitive arc with ahsoka um on naboo for padme's funeral uh you know very much leaving the fight after you know a discussion with bale and then being brought back into the fight uh on whatever random planet she happens to be on uh when she faces the inquisitor and it, and it does act this was the one episode that i felt like was a, a complete story with a beginning and middle and end and arc. Um, and I thought it worked mm-hmm. really, really well. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it just went a little too quick. I think, I think this one should have been a little bit more, a little bit more breath to it. Let it breathe a little bit because, because the, 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 
the brother turning Ahsoka in as quick as he did. I mean, it just it went too fast. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Stephen. It did have a beginning, middle, and an end. Well, this is the the fascinating thing about this this episode. Resolve. I well, I guess there's two parts, right? There's the beginning um, before the title sequence with Bail Organa at, and Ahsoka at uh, Padme's funeral, and that's really cool to see. And it's touching how she says that you know, oh, of course I have to be there. I'm you know, it, it, I had to come. It, she, Padme was my friend, and so I really appreciate that. Um, but uh, the the and that was really cool, and it gets some nice. Hey, if you ever need me, you know, here's how to find me. And I like how Bale's talking to the clone troopers, but also really talking to Ahsoka. Uh, but the other part of the story is basically the book. Star Wars Ahsoka uh, by E.K. Johnson uh, in very fast animated form. You know, it's it's the exact same plot. They're taken from the exact same notes. Because, you know, Dave Filoni sent E.K. Johnston the, the notes from kind of how he saw that happening. And she wrote a whole book around it. And there's a, you know, there's some siblings. There, Ahsoka goes by the name Ashla, right? There's an Inquisitor. All of that is still there, but this happens somewhat differently and much, much faster. Um, and I guess that is the, yes, I wish it had a little bit more time, but at least it does feel like a complete, a more complete story. Mm-hmm. And, and it does. I found the uh, design of the Inquisitor interesting uh, compared to the ones we've seen before. Um, you know, I... I also appreciate it because I had to go back and check this and I cannot remember the episode, but there was the episode in Rebels where she actually took on the two Inquisitors Mm -hmm. and she pulled the same thing where she grabbed the Inquisitor blade and basically when she did it, turned it off. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was a great little callback. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just, I also really appreciate, you know, the brother's like, you know, I turned into Jedi. I I want my reward. What is this? I did my part for the Empire. And it's like, well, you know what? You did your part for the Empire, but the Empire really doesn't care because, you know, we used you as bait anyway. And he was going to, you know, you're, you're here as bait. That's all you are. You're, you're nothing to us. There's no reward. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very fast fight, but it kind of reminded me of um, the Maul duel as well, right? Over Maul versus Obi Wan, over very quickly, um, and yeah, very very similar. Yeah, very clearly underestimated Ahsoka. Yeah, Yeah. just rookie mistake right there. Yep. I also noticed his head like deflated when he died. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was pretty cool. That was super fascinating. Yeah, I'm Uh, very. I would love to learn more about that Inquisitor, but I I don't think we ever will. No, it's the unnamed Inquisitor. I guess in the book it was the sixth brother that was featured, but this is just some unknown, cool looking Inquisitor. Um, and unknown and gone too quick. Right, but event you know this ultimately is what encourages Ahsoka to come back and to fight. Right, and that you know she she can't just hide forever. She there's people out there that she can help. Just like she helped the the sister, uh, she can help others out there. And, and you know, Bail Organa actually comes to the unknown planet to pick up the family and and take them somewhere safe. And it's a 
it is it is I, I enjoyed it i think the, the third episode in each of the arcs is definitely the biggest and best um of the of the bunch yeah agreed yep agreed yeah. well should we switch over to ratings then now should we do it as a full uh, we're gonna rate the whole thing or are we gonna rate like both arcs I think I would just rate the whole thing personally. Okay. I I, but... I can do that. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, since I have no problem with it, I'm going to volunteer to go first. I enjoyed all the episodes, uh, but I think with the discussion that we have, I think you, you, we kind of see where when I give this the the seven, that I'm giving it a, the seven Womp Rats out of ten, that... I think there could have been more done to really flesh out the stories that were told. And Stephen, you brought up a very valid point that now when to me, now that I look at the whole thing, it did look like that a few of the episodes did feel like there were little outtakes that you wanted to see more of the, the Dooku's weren't that bad, but that one Ahsoka arc with, with the clone troopers, I agree. You wanted to see that filled in. And I think even with this last episode, it seemed the same way. It, it was beginning, middle, and an end. I want to see it fleshed out a little more. And the Dooku episode, when he got rid of the Camino, Camino map, just fleshed out a little bit more. But overall, enjoyable. Seven. My seven Womp Rats. Oh, man. You know what? As payment for bringing Ahsoka back to the village, unharmed, Ahsoka's parents gave that big saber-toothed alien tiger seven womp rats as as a thank you what the tiger did that's only for the tiger to know they could be pets they could be food we don't know but that's what i did with my seven womp rats okay well i guess i'll i can go next uh i think steven you you ultimately said it best this these episodes they were they're basically deleted scenes. I really, I enjoy them as a fan of Star Wars, as a fan of the Clone Wars. Um, but it, unfortunately, I don't think I could call these essential viewing. Uh, you know, if I was going to say, hey, here are the episodes you need to watch, they probably would not be, you know, on that, that you know, top, best of, of list. I w- ultimately, I think it's two for two reasons. One, because the they are effectively uh, deleted scenes. Uh, and two, because they're they're short, and they don't have as much time to get into depth. And I think those are, are a bit related, right? If, if they had a little bit more time, maybe they could have made them a bit more essential. As a fan, though, again, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed watching these episodes. I really did. Um, but I, you know, it, it, they don't they don't quite match the highs of the Clone Wars, for example. Uh, even the most recent episodes of the Clone Wars were phenomenal. Um, but this is. These are just like a, a nice taste. And then Dave Filoni, he wrote these, you know, while he was traveling back and forth shooting the Mandalorian. He's like, hey, I wonder what would happen. He's just kind of writing it to himself, right? Here's kind of what would have happened. And and ultimately, the team at Lucasfilm saw it was like, oh my gosh, we have to make these. And I'm glad they did. I'm so glad they did. It's so special for fans of the Clone Wars. Um, But they are, at the end of the day, effectively deleted scenes. And... Um, I'm glad we got them. They're not perfect. I wish we'd had a little bit more time. And so like you, Tom, actually, I'm going to give us seven Womp Rats out of 10. 
and my seven Womp Rats actually uh, accompanied Yaddle to um, uh, to fight Dooku. And then they kind of hung out behind the scenes. And then after the battle, they kind of off off screen. It's another deleted scene of a deleted scene. They they come out and they tried to attack Dooku. And naturally, the seven Womp Rats did not survive. Steven? Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess that leaves it to me. Um... I think I'm going to end up splitting the difference here. I think as deleted scenes, this I feel like this was like a solid seven uh, of deleted scenes. Um, as a show, I feel like it was about a six. Um, and so I'm just going to split the difference to give it six and a half. Um, I enjoyed watching it. It's short. You know, I basically powered through it in two sittings. Um, I do feel like it was... I was a little disappointed in it ultimately. I enjoyed it, but I really was hoping for a more cohesive story. Um, and even with the name, I was, you know, it takes me back to reading, um, you know, Tales of the the New Republic or Tales of the Bounty Hunters, um, some of those old, old kind of like legends novels that are individual short stories that were full stories. And really, with the exception of like Resolve, I didn't feel like uh, any of these individual episodes actually told a complete story. Um, Dooku's arc was close, but again, it's two episodes that are largely the same, and then a third episode is just kind of payoff. Um, but it, he didn't really have an arc per se. Um, so I'll give it six and a half. Uh, my six and a half Womp Rats, they're just sitting on Dooku's shoulders and kind of hidden in the robes, and they are just all evil Womp Rats whispering in his ear, doing Palpatine's bidding, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, crush her, drop the door on Yaddle, slice her head <laughs> off or whatever else he does. That was maybe a little violent, but, you know, just doing wa- normal Womp Rat things. <sighs> Wow. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that was that was a fun one. But William, what do we have coming up next? Well, yeah, next week we have Andor episode ten, the final three episodes of Andor. It's a great show. I'm very excited to see what happens. Should get a fun uh, prison break. Maybe we'll find out. Um, yeah, that, so. that's actually by by when we're recording this, that's going to drop in a few hours. Oh yes, yeah, we are yeah. just a few hours from now. Our review will be up um, a couple days later than normal. Uh, we have some um, uh, conflicts, but don't worry. Our review of Andor is coming to you in about a week uh, as we're recording this, uh, just in time for episode eleven. So stay tuned for that. And uh, that's all we have for today thanks for joining me guys this was so fun always enjoy talking about the clone wars and uh, tales of the jedi star wars animation is great for the fans of star wars animation we have the bad batch season two coming in january so not too long until we'll get some more star wars animation but for now we still have andor to enjoy thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you guys later Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. 
any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2018.